The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Thursday, you know what that means. It's your boy, Big Tasty. It's AEW Dynamite Review Time. I'm joined by Aaron Sutcliffe, the stat man. Aaron, how is it going, mate? Uh, half my mouth's numb from eating Bongella for the past hour, but more of that. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've been eating Bongella for like an hour solid, or you put some on an hour ago. Like, what, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, every so often, you just got to make a spoon it in, just like <laughs> just get a teaspoon and just fill it up, maybe <laughs> like it's like it's jelly, just going right into it. It's only half of mine, so it's only the one side. It's fine. Uh, Don't worry enough. about it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And speaking of speaking of numb, um, let's get straight into the opening match on this week's show, which the the first sort of five minutes left me a bit numb. If we're being totally honest, right, right. So Jericho's third labor, the first match of the night. Uh, right, before we go into the match, generic music for Juventud Guerrero. How a lot of people don't know who he is. Like a lot of, well, he my looks, generation and younger. He looks really good. He's like forty six, and yeah, he looked he about. Like he, looked, he, looked, he looked about twenty eight. Yeah, he generally looks like he's not aged. Didn't move um, like he was twenty eight. No, that, that's not. <laughs> um, they, they also mention on his um, name thing, his sixth career win versus Jericho. Yeah, which just sounded impressive until they mentioned later in the match they had like 22 singles matches. Well, well, singles matches on TV, they only had seven. So Jericho only won one of them on oh, TV. Okay. That's, that's more impressive. They, they so, mentioned, one of the commentators mentioned that they'd wrestled like 22 times, which which made me think, well, if he only won six of them, then he's a bit shit, isn't he? Oh, on, on TV, six out of seven, he's got over Jericho. And this, yeah. for anyone who's not aware, Juve um, Guerrero, even to Guerrero, the juice, he was a big, big part of the WCW Cruiserweight division back in the day, like uh, late 90s. And obviously, WCW were famously on TNT. So this is like the first time he's been back on TNT um, for so many years. And it's a really cool thing. He, he was always, it was like well, people like him, like Rey Mysterio came through there, um, like super crazy, um, like really top guys. Like this was like Jericho actually made his name in, in that cruiserweight division as well. Um, if, you yeah. can, if you can believe that back in the day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super cool. I mean, this is real. This is a real like skeleton from the closet. Um, yeah, this is an old rivalry. Yeah, like, and they had they had like a really big feud in WCW as well. Their last hell of eyes match was 1999 at yeah. a pay per view. Right, that was when Jer- so before Jericho. he was even. Well, that was when, right, right before Jericho went to WWE. Then, wasn't it? So, yeah. And then, and like, one of those. I don't think did he ever. He never came to WWE. Did he? Did he ever wrestle in WWE? He was very briefly a third member of the Mexicals. Ah, right, okay. Mexicals. That was that was with um, that was with Super Crazy, wasn't it? Super Crazy and Psychosis. Psychosis, yeah. 
Again, so yeah, they were like the, they were like the, the Mexican like contingents from the cruiser division in WCW. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that's if you don't know who who Guerrero is, there you go. You're caught up. Um, and yeah, this match didn't start great. No. Um, well, well, there's a lot of fan signs as well tonight. Oh, there's uh, like there's, there's there's one like actual fan in particular who's got. Like baller fan, baller signs, just all nice. Like it's top tier. Um, there's one guy that's got MGF like fish stick sign, just instantly. Well done. Right, Throwback to Old an obscure South Park joke from about. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Jericho showing like injuries from last week with a bandage around his arm, a plaster. And he's got a plaster on his head, on his head yeah. And they, they yeah. did an MGF on commentary, obviously, as as with all these other tri- um, labors. And he's talking about like how Jericho hasn't been able to like prepare and rest because he had this like horrendous match last week, and he's had to come off from that. And obviously, the stipulation in this match as well: uh, Jericho can only win after hitting a move from the top rope, which wasn't quite clear on how he was meant to win until the match happened. Yeah, because the way they said it, you just hit a move and he's won. No, no, he had to. Yeah, but it was kind of implied that he, before the pin, the, the last move he did to, to secure the pin had to be like from the top rope. Because there was a moment later in the match where he hit a move and like Orby wouldn't count the pin because it wasn't the top rope move. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of top rope moves, ooh, there's a really awkward spot early on where um, I don't know who fucks up here, but like basically um, Jericho is like waiting by the corner. For Juve to get in position for like a tornado DDT or something, yeah. And I don't know if like Juve's late or Jericho is in the wrong place or like, but they just look at each other for like two seconds and then they do the move. Yeah, you've got that. You've got the um, the Hurricane Rana, where I, I, it goes slow, slow because they because don't something. <laughs> yeah, they just don't click. I, I I know they're older, but still, if you're doing those moves, to be should. fair, they it did pick up after the first like sort of three. Yeah. They, they they got it, into the groove and it got a lot better. It picked up once Hoovy done a weird leg drop thing to the outside. That like, yeah, Jericho was, didn't. Was that like a bulldog? Mate? Was that meant to be like a bulldog? I don't know. <laughs> Because he sort of like landed like with his arm on like Jericho's back, and then he just like fell on the floor. <laughs> and I don't quite know what was meant to happen. I genuinely don't know what that move was. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. After that, I picked up perfectly fine. So, I, Jer- so smooth sailing. So towards the middle of the match, Jericho hits like a sort of um, double hook backbreaker, goes for the pin again. Obi Wan count it. Uh, then we get a nice throwback to like. To years back, um, Jericho tries to rip Juve's mask off. Yeah, what? Right, see if you're only ripping it that tiny little bit. What's the point of ripping it? Because <laughs> it's just going to be a pain for Juve. Then, I, th- I, th- I think he just couldn't like get his. Uh, he just couldn't do it. I think he just tried his best, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't give. Um, <laughs> so just a little, a little throwback. So one of the few, the big feud that they had um, was it ended with Jericho unmasking Juve. Um, so it's always been a thing of Jericho to like expose his face, and they, they sort of pick, to pick it back up again, which was quite a nice little nostalgia moment. Um, I sort of enjoy, I enjoyed that. Um, then we got a counter of a top rope Hurricane Rana, which Jericho counted into a Walls of Jericho from the top rope, which they kind of counted as a top rope move, which is a bit of a stretch. Can, but counter is a strong word, but yeah. Well, I, yeah, Hubert yeah. just kind of fell on the floor, and then Jericho dropped down <laughs> and put him in the Walls of Jericho. If... Is that it? It's definitely a move from the top rope. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Uh, so after that, to be fair, I, I, I think it would. 
I think we'd be more annoyed if that was a finish. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, I think it was. I think it was just a way for them to make the the walls of Jericho because he couldn't just put it on because he can't win with it. It was a way yeah. for them to make it seem like a threat because you know when was the last time Jericho actually won with the walls of Jericho? It's all against some it's, jobber. It's all cute. It's like now, baby. I know he he had Jungle Boy in it, didn't he? It's like time expired, like in that like, yeah. time much. Um, so when he said Juvie hits the Juvie driver for a really close near fall. Then Jericho hits a Judas effect. Again, Obi Wan count it because it's not a top rope move. So then he goes, all right, then I'll just get up on the top rope and hit a top rope Judas effect. I just, Judas effect doesn't look good most of the time. And yeah, when um, you add when you add falling into it, it, it doesn't make it look any better. No, <laughs> it's a bit rough, likes, but um, yeah, sure. I mean, this was it wasn't ever going to be a a five star match of the year contender, was it? When you're going from Nick Gage, like deathmatch main event to even did Guerrero, just in a match where you have to win with a move. So when I, when I put Dynamite on tonight to watch it, um, as it started, Sarah said, "Oh, is Jericho the first match on?" And said, like, "Well, he, he headlined last week. But there's a reason why it was the first match on this week, I mean." Yes. Yeah. It's. Fair. It wasn't the spectacle that I mean. To be fair, it was never going to be the spectacle that last week's match was because last week's match was literal insanity, and it was Chris Jericho <laughs> fighting Nick Cage. Like a, a luchador who hasn't been on telly in twenty years is not the same as like the king of the death match in terms of spectacle. And because he's not been on telly, probably I'll, you could tell as soon as he came out. Like a lot of people didn't know who he actually was. Yeah, he's lost. Like, a lot it's a shame, so. but. He's, I mean, he's very good. He deserved, yeah, I think he deserved his spot. Like, he, he definitely didn't, you know, after, after he sort of got into his rhythm, he, he, he really yeah. did disgrace himself. But yeah, he he, um, he was absolutely not, He was there was no value in, in Juve Guerrero to this crowd. Because, no. He, like you say, he, he's just been away too long and like an entire generation of wrestling has happened without him in, in mainstream wrestling fans' eyes. Generic music didn't help him along the way either. I mean, I couldn't even tell you that was real music or not. That's how. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember what his music sounded like. So yeah, so Chris Jericho gets the win with the Tarver Judas effect, or the sort of dad falling onto a bouncy castle, flailing his arms wildly whilst connecting his elbow in someone's face. Um, yeah, it was. And, and someone, I think it was Joe on the Discord from Dammit Vince, shout out to Dammit Vince, said that Jericho was wrestling like he'd been on a five-day bender. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, it was a bit rougher in the edges, but we got there. Yeah, it was not. It was um, it was strong. Like you know, um, you know when like you're at a barbecue and like someone's dad's just on the ale, and he just decides to get up and play footy with the kids, and it's a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, it had a bit of that energy to it. Um, yeah, yeah, you get some moments of just success, but the rest, no. Like he'll hit it. He'll hit it real hard, but then he's gonna have a big sit down. <laughs> So, yeah, so after the match, uh, MGF, who's been on commentary, he's like all, all throughout. He's like sort of you know cheering on Juve and, and whatnot, and he's getting really excited at the near falls. And then so he comes out and announces. So there's a bit of a bit of sort of confusion amongst people here. So he came out and he said, "Well, first of all, uh, throughout the match, he was furious at Aubrey for the cadence of her count. He said that it was fast counts on Jericho and slow counts on Juve, and that was the sort of yeah. narrative he was spinning." So he knows that next week's match, it will be Chris Jericho. This is trial four, or labor four, will be Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. And so even like the notes I've got here off the internet have said MGF will be the referee. And now that's not what he said. 
That is not what he said. Um, what he said on was, the he will be there to make sure that everything happens. Like should happen. Yeah, yeah, he's like an enforcer. He's gonna like be an enforcer basically. And um, also in the when it shows you next week later on in the night what's happening next week. It says he's going to be yeah. It's at ringside. He is not the referee. I think people, yeah. when, he, when he was saying about like making sure everything went properly, I think a lot of people assumed not to mean that he was going to be the referee, but it's not. Yeah. He's going to be a spe- like a special info. Like Mike Tyson was for the TNT title match, except maybe not asleep. Um. <laughs> he's fully invested in this. Mm. Yeah. So right ne- next up we get a little promo. Um, it's it's a flippity flop of, of last week's. So this week the Lucha Brothers are here, but Pack is not. Um, but there's no there's no limit for Pack this time because Andrade doesn't give a shit about Pack. He just wants the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. So it's basically right. the same thing. So Andrade's cancelled Pack's transport. So they're doing the same thing. They're keeping them. They are keeping them separated. If you're if you're not a swing fan, and. Um, yeah, he's obviously he's trying to sow this derision, and the, the Lucha Brothers are like, absolutely not. This is not happening at all, which means it is definitely going to happen. Yeah, like, it's a shame for Pac, but then we're getting Pac versus Andrade. Yeah, which... and that's going to abs- absolutely fuck. <laughs> we, might, for. we might even get it at All Out, which would be amazing. If that's when the Lucha Brothers turn at All Out, and they, they build into that match, maybe. I think that'd be a, a real fun thing to do. I mean, there's about nine spots, like matches or something. So I'm sure they can squeeze it in one of them slots. Yeah. Easily. They've only got one announced match so far, it. and that's the women's battle row. So give us it. Do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the Lucha Brothers claim that they don't care about Andrade's riches and his life of luxury, but we'll see. We'll see where this all goes. Definitely. Um, Speaking of things, we're going to have to see where it all goes. Oof. Oof, this is the start of this is the start of absolute heartbreak. <laughs> this is like don't don't kick me in the heart, AEW. I thought it was bad enough last week. Um so the Dark Order are backstage and Tony's just sort of getting some feelings about like obviously they haven't really appeared since they lost the match. and they lost the title shots. And as they're sort of like talking about like, you know, how they, they're all like sort of trying to rally around each other and stuff. Hangman comes in to just grab a beer. Uh, he, he left his beer behind or something. And he basically says that um, he he says he apologizes. He said he cost them their title match, and that he needs to sort this out himself. And they need to um, they need to just split up. But they need to go, they need to go the separate ways. They need to like sort of deal with their own shit. And yeah. John and um, John Silver's like, no, no, you know, we're friends. You know, we got your back. Don't worry about it. And then Uno's like, he sort of sees the big picture. He's like, no, hang on, you know, this is something he's got to do. Just give him some space. Yeah. Let him do it. Yeah. It's a little bit. I think because I think like you can't have like an against the odds story when Hangman's got like six mates helping him out all the time. Just the sex. <laughs> so I think I think if you want to um if you want to really build him up as like the lone hero struggling against the odds, he needs to have a little spell by himself. Yeah, definitely. Just have a few. Does he even have? I don't think he even has to have matches to be honest. Just get bad all the time, just, and then eventually get your well, well hangman we'll, power. We'll see where this all goes. This, this all comes around a little bit later. So we'll, we'll keep we'll keep that we we'll keep that in your head. Keep that you know. Remember that, re- remember that scene. It'll be important later. Um, so next up, we got a match that was made yesterday. Well, on Tuesday, I think this match was made, and it was a. Uh, 
it was a really fun match, a little trios match. So we had um, 2.0, who are Everise from NXT, if you remember those, yeah. uh, whose names I have forgotten. Um, Matt Lee and... Jeff something, Jeff Parker, Jeff because Parker. Matt, Matt and Jeff... Tasty, Matt and Jeff. Matt and Jeff, there you go. Matt and Jeff, like uh, like, ge- like Generation Me. Like <laughs> Matt and Jeff. Matt and Jeff, and then this other guy, Daniel Garcia, who looked really cool. Uh, yeah, I've seen him at um, GCW WrestleMania weekend a few times. He's he look he's really a good wrestler. Mm, apparently, he was trained by the Blade. I mean, fair play. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, he was. He was. He had a real nice. Uh, he moved real good, and he had a real he's nice. Very, uh, he's very fast, but he's not a high flyer. He's like a technical wrestler. Yeah, he's like good. Yeah. He's like if like if Phoenix was more like Brian Danielson. Yeah. Ge- genuinely, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I if, you, if, you, if you sort of crossed them and went like sixty percent of the way towards Danielson, <laughs> with the look of Ricky Starks esque. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope he, I hope he sticks around because he was he was real nice. Yeah. Um, so they they basically they've basically been like have they been so well? Um, Garcia's been on dark, hasn't he? And he's been like having a few matches. Yeah, and he's sort of aligned with two point oh two point oh. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, they were ever as I said in NXT, but they were also previously in Chikara as well. Yeah, because they keep mentioning it. Yeah. Well, they have a they have a moment in this match. So they so basically they cut a promo the other day where they called out. Um, Moxley, Kingston, and Darby. Because they basically said, yeah, we come to this company, we're free agents, we're going to call out three of the biggest guys and we're going to do them in, basically. So they yeah. they called down the lightning and here he is. So, yeah. Darby's got a cool new video as well. Yeah, his cartoon video of him just skating down the road. Yeah, done by, uh, uh, done by Rooster Teeth, apparently. I mean, well, the, I, I enjoyed it, just seeing it. Yeah. And they yeah. even... They even put it on like the hard coming that to make sure everyone yeah. saw it. They they, they really they really give us a good look at it. And yeah. then uh, Moxie and Kingston come out to the wild thing and they do their little entrance to the crowd and the crowd go absolutely nuts. And Darby's not having any of it. He's no caring. He doesn't like wild thing. He's just sitting there. He's, he's just he's just he's he's, he's he's got he's got the eyes on. He's locked in. He's focused. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Like I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good fun. Um. Yeah, like even on the ad break and stuff, like there was, it, well, it didn't just like slow no. down drastically. It kept going. It was a good match. Yeah, like like I said, um, Garcia is really entertaining, like really good, fun to watch in the ring. Uh, Matt Lee has got the sort of like manic cocaine energy that we haven't seen since like Randy Savage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no other way of putting it. He looks like he's just done all of the caffeine like straight away. And then gone right out to the ring. He is. There's a really cool. Uh, well, first, uh, we'll get to the, the cool bit at the end. Um, first of all, there's a really cool like interaction when I think it was Jeff was in the ring and Kingston tagged in. Or was it? No, it was Matt yeah. Lee, wasn't it? It was Matt Lee. Um, and Kingston tagged in, and obviously Kingston. So Eddie Kingston was like when he was in Chikara, he was like the grand champion. He was like the top dog who had the he had, he put on the banger matches, and like everyone else just did comedy shit on the card, pretty much right. like including two. Okay. So it was like Eddie Kingston was like this trained killer. And Matt Lee is like this court jester, and they have this like re-emerging meeting in this AW ring, and King's just like, "Oh yeah, I remember you," and then just batters him, basically. Uh, I mean, fair play. I got to admit before, obviously, they mentioned they, it. they always they always presented Kingston as like a really serious character, but like a lot of the rest of the roster were very comedy heavy, so yeah, it was always okay. weird. Like Kingston always existed on like this separate tier above like 
guys like this, and it, they sort of they sort of touched on that a little bit in, in the way they sort of interacted with each other in this match. Um, and then Kingston gets worked over a lot here as well. So they they, they sort of they're they're working kind of heel, obviously the, um, the 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 free agent team, and they isolate Kingston, and Moxie gets a big old hot tag basically, and then just comes in and does murder on everybody. He, well, first of all, uh, Garcia stops Eddie tagging Mox, and Mox just runs and batters him, like literally runs him into the cameraman yeah. who falls yeah, on he, his he back. Throw, he throws like <laughs> throw another person at ringside. <laughs> it's, you get your typical sting stare off spot as well. Like, oh, no, this is this is my favorite thing ever. So like Matt Lee's outside and like he's like sort of doing oh, some fuckery and stings like right right in his face. And he turns around, and he just starts marking out. He's like, "Oh my god, you're like the actual Sting. It's actually you, your Sting." <laughs> and then, while well, he's like, "While well, he's like fanboying over Sting, Darby just appears and like dives through the ropes. He just murders him." Yeah, <laughs> like, Sting didn't even budge, even though it's like right beside him as well. Like, like, he didn't Matt look Lee, at Darby. Matt, didn't... Matt, Lee, Matt Lee didn't flinch. He kept his eyes straight on Sting the entire time. Yeah. he just took that drop the line. <laughs> so big, pro- and he, he hit the fence real hard. Uh, the barrier. Props, props to them. Honestly, like. It's, I genuinely think it's one of the best thing spots we've had to yeah. be honest. It was that or the Orange Cassidy one have been like the two best ones of recent times. Because yeah. um, like Darby came out of that ring at like feet Ray Phoenix speeds. Yeah. He usually does when he goes like through the bottom. Yeah, but the camera's never normally like half a foot away. Quick enough. So it, it never it never feels mm. that fast because it was so the camera was so tight into it, it felt like really brutal and it was really cool. There's a lot of very good camera work in tonight's show actually. Um, yes, for for an area where AW's sometimes been a little bit sloppy, I think tonight they really. I think they they just know how to work the cameras in Daly's place now because they've been there long enough. Yeah, well they they mentioned it at some point during the week. It's their thirty fourth time in a year. Yeah, we've been at Daly's place. It's like okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mark's been doing the murders. Um, he hits a massive paradigm shift on Jeff, and then Darby hits cough drop, and that's it. Good for the win. Yeah, a good trios match. I don't or... know if any of these guys are going to land in AEW long term, but hell, if they're going to stick around for a little bit, I'm certainly happy to have them for as long as you want to be around. Yeah, I mean, as we say, Garcia is a good wrestler. I, a good wrestler from GCW. Like, remember that. Just remember that. Um, yeah. And 2.0, Ever-Rising NXT. They're very funny they put them on the po- they put them on the post show this week as well and they did a little spot with I've not watched it I've seen a clip uh, they put, did a little spot with Uno and Grayson which mm. I mean they're, they're the type of guy you think you'd want them for BTA just by yeah. just the, they'd be worth it just for that presumably because they are just absolutely hilarious yeah like, they know what they're doing so yeah fair play to them yeah uh, so in a little sort of vignette uh, basically Team Taz um, interesting this is Brian Cage basically saying that he never asked to be FTW champion he never asked to be associated with Taz it just sort of got thrusted upon him and he didn't really care, basically. Yeah, Taz needed something to do, so yeah. I got stuck with him, basically. And then he basically um, said he's going to beat the shit out of Team Taz, basically. F- FTW, Team Taz have done nothing for me, so I don't know where you're getting this from. I'm going to beat the living shit he is. You betrayed me, you cocked. Is the main moral of the story. Yep. And then we've got a very, a very thematically dense pay-per-view, uh, pay-per-view a promo. Sorry, a very thematically dense promo by um, the elite. I I read very little because there's a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the first thing we need to talk about is Gallows' robe. Why is he wearing a robe? Why has he got a Ric Flair robe on? 
Am I missing something? I think Is it's it just... because Flair got released? Or... Well, yeah, because um, Anderson had a Bollywood Boys t-shirt on as well. Fucking hell. Right, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... And then, like, um, the books had Hawaiian shirts on. So was that, like, a Wyatt thing? Oh... Fuck they and then, and then Kenny had a Cookie Monster t-shirt and obviously the initials of Cookie Monster is CM. Oh my head <laughs> These very niche fucking oh. There's there was just like there was so much in this. Uh, but basically the gist of the gist of the whole thing was um Dark Order getting a shot at Anderson Gallows tag titles. Is that next week? Yeah. TNA tag titles next week, yeah. Yeah. So this this is cool. This is the first time a TNA belt has been defended on an AW show. And this will now yes. mark the second company's belts, or third company's belts that have been defended on an AW show because you've had the AAA NWA. Well. You had, oh, fourth? Yeah, the AAA mega title. Yeah. You've had yeah. the NWA women's. You've had the um, IWGP title. And now the Impact tag titles. So the Forbidden Door is just off its hinges at this point. Like it's, it's, it's been taken off and it's been put somewhere else. Like There's just a door frame now. There's, there's nothing in the way. Oh, there's a lot going on, isn't there? <laughs> Don't yeah. you love wrestling? <laughs> so then basically, uh, Kenny said that um, no one's worthy of a title shot now. Hangman lost his shot. There's no one else. You know, what are you going to do? And the book said yeah. similarly, there's the beating everyone in the tag division. Who else is left? And then they said, because there's no, they've got no opponents, they, they might as well, you know, s- s- thematically retire. So they do what they do in basketball. They cut the net. It's the big basketball thing that you do when, like, at the end of the season, when, when, you just, when, when there's, when there's when no you challenges played. left, yeah, when, when you've like won it all, so yeah, there you go. Um, and it was, it was, and Brandon Cutler did some fun bullshit as well. He, he like tried to like interject, and they were all told to piss off basically, which was which is quite hilarious, yeah. Fair play, like good promo, as you say, a lot going on. It was yeah. I mean, it's just really it's one of those really hard to sort of like talk through because like a lot. It was a very it was very visual and a lot happened and it, it implied a lot. This this episode, I mean, this whole episode of Dynamite was very. Again, it was another one of them where they they've had a few like mad like off the rail shows and this was very much a, a sort of calm down and sort of lay the next lot of foundation sort of yeah. show. Um. So yeah. So next up, we've got what I'm sure is going to be your match of the night. We had Christian Cage versus the Blade. Right. This right. Was, it was a it was an alright match. Do you want to know the first note I've got here? Right? Match starts. Christian is festive of AEW, but the opposite. So as the bell rings, he instantly gets beatings. He was doing fine until that bell rang, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. fuck me. I mean, it was it was a fine match. The Blades, the Blades a good worker. And, he, you know, he's, he's, in, he's a good wrestler. He's a really good wrestler. He's in good shape. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's experienced. It's all right saying it was an all right match, but how many all right matches do we get? Yeah, I mean, could you have done something better with nine minutes here? Yes. <laughs> maybe maybe you put another women's match on the card. Yeah, you could have literally done anything. Maybe, maybe, like, give, maybe give Thunder Rosa a match, you know, maybe. That's, that's too much to ask for. Maybe Shida, maybe, maybe, maybe Yuka Sakazaki, who's come all the way from Japan to, to wrestle for AW. You know, just, just, just Britt Baker do a match. Just have Britt Baker do a match and then just cut a promo, like in yeah. Back, you know. Sorry. So yeah, fight decent enough, but yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, 
So, uh, oh, the so, one thing, the one thing, the one thing of note that did happen during this match is the bunny was fucking around trying to distract Christy when he's on the top rope, and Layla came out and just like grabbed her and they brought her back because they're on a match later. Oh, lovely. Um, so on on commentary as well, Tony, Christian would never hit a woman, right? One, this is Christian Cage, not Christian. Two, Christian did hit a woman, Trish Stratus in two thousand and four. Full long clothesline in that rivalry versus AEW's own Chris Jericho. Hit <laughs> a woman. <laughs> Fair play. It's um, all right. Christian eventually got the girl in that rivalry. Though, no, so that's, yeah, because if you, if you hit a woman enough times, eventually she will fall in love. Um, that's that's the rules of wrestling, apparently. Um, you, you get to smoochy smoochy at WrestleMania. That's f- how it f- works. First date, fuck it, put it through a table. <laughs> Take take away the spoons, right through the table, power right through the table. We'll get a picture of woo-woo. Job job done. Um, yes, and this crowd also, like I felt I was a part of the crowd when they shout shave your chest at Blade because it was quite a dull match. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, Blade Blade is very red and very hairy, and it's a weird combination. Yeah, um, it's no for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the match was yeah, it was just there, wasn't it? And I, I've got a gripe about the finish. Like, he got beaten. He dodged a fucking getting hit with the brass knucks and hit one spear. Yeah. Like, after getting beaten for so long. I mean, there was, was a... no there was no Christian firing up or that, is my issue. I think. No, but it was, was a spear, man. It was out of nowhere. You know, it was, it was... a surprise. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's genuinely my gripe about everything is just every time you win there's no fire up uh, just, so yeah just that was that a match on it um it was one of them but moving on um that'll do it <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all that needs um we got uh we got a little santana and ortiz promo just extending the, the sort of feud of ftr and um, we get to see some really horrible pictures of cash's injury from last week pictures it was a full video of me um well i injury I mean, I, I mean like the hole in his arm yeah, the actual like gash. I didn't realize like, what happened. Grand I, th- I, on his I, arm. I thought he just cut himself, but no, it like, looked like the, the, the hook went into his arm. Yeah, the hook of the turnbuckle. And it showed like a lot like, of blood, like dripping. Like, sliced, sl- sliced his arm right open, and then Cash is literally just on his knees holding yeah. his arm together. Like, like I said, the, the last match, like last week, he couldn't finish the match because he literally had to keep pressure on the wound. It well, he had to keep. He had to keep, and then you saw the video this week of him literally running to the back, full sprint, holding yeah. his arm. It was like holy fuck! It was a nasty one. And to be fair, Dax, Dax does his Dax thing, and he, he overblows it. And he said like he, he nearly watched his best friend die, and all this. And like, it's not worth it. Yeah, but then you know they're gonna batter FTR. They're gonna batter Proud and Powerful because they have to because they're top lads. Did he not mention like, oh? I'll take you both on, so I'll deal with you and then you. Or am I just? I don't think. I think uh, maybe. That I mean, he did say like, "I'll battle, I'll battle you, like Ortiz, and I'll battle you, Santana." Um, yeah. I, I think I don't think he was actually calling him out for a handicap match. I think he was just, just saying, even not if Cash, a handicap. But I think just, he was just saying, uh, even if, even if Cash is one hundred percent, like him by himself is probably enough to do them both in. Right. Okay. I I was gonna say like, if you want to extend it, well, these healing up just oh just have like have, have Dax wrestle both of them in singles matches yeah yeah I mean you know Dax knows his way around a singles match he had a bang with Jungle Boy didn't he so like one, once Cash is healed up well not even healed up like you can sort him out and he doesn't have to fight 
didn't nope. have to compete with that. So. No. Uh, well, speaking of Baker, she does get to come, to come into the ring here. Um, yeah. And the, the, so again, there's sort of um, there's sort of like a weird face heel they haven't quite settled on because she they obviously wanted to be a fit a heel because you know she's a great heel, but at the same time she's such a great heel that everyone wants to cheer for her. So she's kind of a bit of a face. Yeah, like. Also, it's going to be mad at Rampage next Friday, isn't it? Yeah. yeah well, even on Dynamics, are both fit. Because it's in Britsburg. Yeah, Britsburg, hi, hi. Pennsylvania. Um, and I don't think it's going to go the way that maybe they think it's going to go with Red Velvet. <laughs> because I don't think... I, mean, I like Red Velvet, but is she more over than Britt Baker? I don't um, think she is. Yeah. You sort of could tell when she came out. There wasn't much noise for her, was there? <laughs> I mean, she's... Like, a lot of people... She's, more she's, than, she's great, but are you going to cheer for Red Velvet over Britt Baker? A, a lot of people, when the music played, most of them had the face of, whose music is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so it starts off, uh, Britt Baker... Again, this, so Britt Baker could say, like a face program. She basically said, um, they asked her about, about being back in Jacksonville, and she said, oh, she won the women's title right here in Jacksonville. And that's, you know, instant pop in it, surely. Yeah. And then Red Velvet, Red Velvet comes out and insults Brit's fashion sense, which is a bit of a heel move. Yeah. But... Basically come out and say, like, red's not your colour. Uh, then, so then Brit says, like, oh, yeah, she beat her in three minutes. And then a little bit of a little bit of insider information, a little bit of insider lingo here. Red Velvet was like, yeah, well, that's when I was enhancement talent. I'm, like, on the main roster now. Oh, no, 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 no. Cody pull, and Brandy is best pal. She's pulling pull, pull back the curtain, here, you know. Um, inside, Brandy inside. Too. Third wheeling, you know. Um, she said something like she's, she's won like she's got like thirteen wins or something now. Yeah, she's got thirteen wins and she's seven, seven in a row. Seven in a row, yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, basically, um, they're gonna have a match for the title. Next week uh, on Rampage, on the first, I think it's probably that's probably going to uh, presumably headline the first episode of Rampage, unless something big appears, like to happen, like we get told next week or whatever, or yeah, we get told at some point. But I mean, it should other do than anyway. like other than a title match or a tag title match, nothing else is going on top of that. It shouldn't do no. Uh, right, so next up again, Andrade's looking for just. Any Latino, basically, to, to recruit into his his non-existent faction. <laughs> oh, I I have issues with Andrade, and I don't even know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just needs to get into the first feud, whoever it's going to be, whether it's Pac. It just feels like he's he's sort of a bit floaty at the moment. Yeah, they don't know who to do stuff with. Just let, just let him and Pac go nuts, mate, for like twenty yeah. minutes. It'll be fine. Let let Pat cut promos in his attic, full gear, and all that nonsense. Do it. Um, so yeah, so basically he's trying to get Fuego to work for him. Fuego said no, and then uh, Andrade beat him. Well, Fuego said yeah to Chavo, and then when he got there, he was asked to polish his shoes. Yeah. And then he was like, that's not what you asked me to do, but <laughs> okay, cool. And then as soon as he goes there, he gets a knee to the face and just bang into the door. Yep. And there we go, Andre, Andrade's um, still fixated on the Lucha Brothers. Chavez says the Lucha Brothers will never be champions without Andrade. And I think that's the one way they could possibly turn this. Because obviously the Lucha Brothers are like, oh no, we're family, you know, we're brothers. But then if Andrade's like, we have what words your titles? You've not won none. Like... Come with sure. me, we'll win belts. 
That's what maybe the other, that might be the only way that you could feasibly turn the Lucha Brothers away from Park. Is like, well, yeah, we we love being Death Triangle. We we beat people up. It's fun, but we've not won none. So yeah, yeah, it works. I'd go for it. Um. So then next up, oh, oh, are you ready for more? Just just broken heart, tragic pain. I'm still crying from before on the inside. Yeah, it's well, got to be real good. Well, well, Adam Page in the ring, and he calls out the elite, and he said he needs to tell the book something. And it's like he's gonna—it's almost like he's gonna apologize. I think I think that he's on that sort of like road of like sort of self-absolution that he needs to like sort of because he still sees he still sees like his what happened to hit with him and Kenny is his fault, doesn't he? And like that's that's been like the sort of the crux of his whole character is that he can't get it, it, it's, it's like, been. The- it's been the glue of this whole story is that one little thing. Yeah. Is the middle thing. The middle part of the story is Hangman upset about that one thing. So they come out and they're all like full of swag because they're they are literally I mean, they are literally draped in gold. Like everyone has a belt. Yeah. Um and they come out like so they literally they I mean they literally swag out down the ramp. The thing is, there's that many of them and they're all holding belts and stuff like you barely notice Kenny in the background. Yeah. Because like, I, I I write down Bucks, Good Brothers, and Cutler up here. And then I had to put Ben Kenny. Because like, <laughs> he was nowhere to be seen until the very end. I was like, right, okay, cool. <laughs> so basically, the, the Kenny goes off on the mic and says that, oh, is this, he just assumes that this is Paige wanting to rejoin the elite. He, 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 oh, you feel guilty. You feel bad for yourself. You want to join the elite. Okay, no. <laughs> and then he's like, well, no, you can't because you're a loser and we're all champions. And so fuck off, basically. And then um, Paige is like, no, he doesn't want to join. But he just wants to um, basically make amends and like, sort of clear his conscience, basically, I think, is, is kind of the thing he's going for. Um, he's in like a, it's almost like he's in like a Zen sort of state, like the Zen place at the moment, isn't he, Paige? Yeah. He's, just like, he's just like, I just want to, I just want to get everything right with myself and then sort everything out and, you know, go and, Ride horses for a bit. Go, go, don't don't go to the woods again, please. I beg you. <laughs> um, and yeah, so Kenny said they basically they thought about forgiving him, um, but he's no longer a. F- and he, he makes a good point. He basically says to, to Paige, like, "You're not a fit for what, who we are right now." And and obviously that is because they've turned into horrible heels. But Kenny's like, "Oh no, it's because we're all champions, and you're not." Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not number one. Fuck off. And then he basically said, um, "They don't have any losers." In, in the elite, obviously implying that Paige's a loser, and that's it. And then Paige just randomly just socks Omega in the face. Yeah, like you said, enough, and just gives him one, and then it yeah. doesn't work out well for. Well, him. no, because there's like <laughs> five guys. <laughs> they just welly him, um, and then the most interesting part of this is the Dark Order come out to make the save, as they have been doing like over the last period of like four or five weeks. But Stu and Uno like sort of pull them back. It's good though. As as at least they're not just killing off the story for a few weeks. At least there's still something there, tasty. That's yeah. The, well, this is this is, uh, this, is uh, this is this is super interesting. So this is like almost like like obviously Uno and Stu. Like when 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 Brody, you know, when we lost Brody, they sort of Uno especially sort of became like the sort of the de facto sort of head, or like you know, like sort of senior guy, didn't he? Yeah, and they've always, even though they're goofy characters, they've always portrayed like Uno and Stu as being like the slightly more experienced, like the slightly more sort of world weary, slightly more mature, only slightly. They were like, the originals. 
they were yeah. the original Dark Order. But it's like it's almost like they can see the big picture here, and they're like, "Well, no, this is something he needs to do. Like, this is, you know, he needs to take this ass beaten because it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna help him in the long run." Like, and he asked us, he he expressly told us, you know, to give him the space, and we have to respect yeah. that because that's the way it is. Even though we don't want it to, we don't we don't like it, we don't want it to be like this, but we have to respect it. And yeah, it's, it's that was my that was my worry. Like last week was they just kill this storyline off for a bit, and then we go to whoever's challenging Omega. Oh no, I think this is. Good. I think I mean I think after this segment, I think there's a chance we don't see Hangman for a few weeks. Maybe it's after all out. Uh, oh, Cause, okay. Because they set this up to um to like really do a number on him. Like he gets he gets like a magic killer, he gets like multiple BT triggers, he gets a title yeah. he gets a literal title shot. Um It's the closest he'll ever get, Tasty. Remember that. Well that's what like that, that's what this is great for Kenny. Kenny literally says like he, he's been like BT triggers, he's like he's out on his feet. He's like get him up and then he's like, Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one more look at this because you're never gonna get it and he just smacks him in the face with the title. Yeah, right, fair play. Well done. Which was which is quite yeah. nice. So I think this is just a way to, to maybe take Paige out for a few weeks um, and let us mm. not forget about him. Just let him like, you well, know. As you say, if he's in the background, then Dark Order's getting their TNA tag title shot. So the storyline's still there. Yeah, Dark oh, yeah. Order get beans and stuff. Right, Dark Order versus Elite. It works. Yeah, it does. I still think they're doing. A, I, I honestly, I, I know people on the internet are panicking because Hangman lost, and then there's all of a sudden like people are talking about like booking rewrites, like people are coming in, and like it's going to get pushed. This is still absolutely the long game. Like it's still absolutely what they're planning. You can see it's just this is just like the start of the third act. Now you've got the you've got like the crisis point where like everything's gone to shit, and then they need to just they're going to eventually overcome this, and then you know make them move out to the top. Just think of it as this: if Hangman disappears, he's going to be at home watching it on TV. He's going to be keeping an eye on everything. Don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, I'm still again. Still, I'm still super jazzed for this story. I think it's. I think it's fantastic. I think it's like one of the most emotionally resonant stories I think I've ever experienced as a, as a wrestling fan. Yeah, and the fact is, like, we don't know what happens as well. It's, yeah, we're literally living it. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. like it's like it's being it's literally being filmed in front of our eyes as well, which is which yeah. Is, <laughs> Which is just so cool, and like yeah, Hangman's just got this like, he's just got this such a, such a wounded, like persona. Like he's just so broken and and just beside himself with guilt and sorrow and responsibility. And he, he's he's every time he tries, he, and again it, it's coming back. Like he, he feels like he cost the Dark Order their title shots. Like he feels he cost Kenny the tag team title. You know, it's always a case of he always takes it on himself and thinks that he's the one who's let everyone down. And like, that's the block. That's the thing he can't overcome. That's the thing that like he's struggling with. And that's like, it's oh, it's it's just so cool, man. It's just it's really awesome. And I, I'm like you say, this is like the lowest low, and it's gonna presumably build to like the highest high, and it's gonna be great when you get there. Don't worry about the storyline. It's still here. Just it's not enjoy going it. Away just enjoy soon. it. Have a little cry every now and then, and. See where it goes. There you go. Speaking of having a little cry, somebody might be having a little cry. Uh, oh no! Well, somebody who is having a little cry on video is Dan Lambeth because he's back. Yeah, Dan. 
Dan Lambert from, from America, America top, top team. team. Yeah, the MMA people. Uh, he basically, yeah. so this is interesting. He basically said he didn't appreciate Lanzar to beating the shit out of him the other week. And he said he's coming back yeah. next week to tell the <laughs> truth and he's going to bring some backup. So presumably he's going to bring, I can't remember any of the people who were with him last time. Uh, Nunez and Masvidal were with him last time. Amanda Nunez and Jorge Masvidal. That's it. Uh, I mean, he's, got some, he's got some big units in his team, hasn't he? So. I'm, I'm pretty sure Nunez is a fan of wrestling, but I don't think Masvidal is. He looked, he looked very nonplussed by the whole thing. When yeah. he was there. Like, uh, Nunez was having a time. She was enjoying herself, but yeah, Masvidal yeah. looked a little... Uh, he looked a little like, oh, this is contractually obligated. Right, there'll, there'll be... There's always UFC people that like wrestling. Yeah. We've seen it multiple times. There's always been um, a crossover, so, so yeah, maybe someone just comes in and does a fight with Lance Archer, presumably. Yeah, and... Fair play. Archer's yeah. going to happily beat up some MMA dude. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of people beating up people, um, if you've got anything important to say to Big Shot Lee Johnson, probably best say it now. Well, someone in the crowd did. It said R.I.P. Lee Johnson <laughs> is a fan. So, another, so, so that, the person who had the yellow signs in the front row <laughs> literally said, Dear God, please don't let your favourite champion kill Big Shotty Lee Johnson. We really like him. Yeah. Oh, he turned around and it said something else about his promo with his double-jointed wife and stuff. There was all that on the other side as well. Yeah. Um, but there was one guy that literally just had the sign R.I.P. Lee yeah, Johnson. R.I.P. Lee Johnson. And it was yeah. spelled J-H-O-N-S-O-N. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnson was spelled wrong it's like yeah it's a wrestling fan there you go <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah the, in case you want, this is the uh, TNT title match this is Miro versus Big Shotty Lee Johnson this was uh, announced last week on Elevation I believe so because um, someone won a GM elite German manager tournament they got to book their own match and they picked Luther versus Lee Johnson I can't believe that. Um, I refuse to and so even for, watch it. For, following that match, Miro came out and cut a promo and said that um, basically his opponent was chosen by that opponent was chosen by a winner. His next opponent will be chosen by God. It was Miro. Um, those are really cool. If you watched um, this week's Road to Dynamite, those are really cool promo. Like Miro is a terrifying human being. Oh, okay, right. It's okay. it's phenomenal. Um, and Lee Johnson cuts a really good. Lee, Lee Johnson has, has really grown on me. Um, I've never, I've never been like against the idea of Lee Johnson. I've always just been like a bit ambivalent. But we just, like, we just don't see enough of him. I don't. Think. I, think I think if, that's all it is. if he continues to sort of develop the way he has over the last sort of twelve months, he could be a real asset to this company. He could be a real good player for AW. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely think it's just because um. Well, I'm I'm not anyway. I don't watch. Yeah, he's, he's had like three, he's had like three matches on Dynamite in a year, so you've got no idea. Yeah, so it's fine. Exactly. You know, I mean, I have watched a, f- a few of his dark matches because uh, he's done. He's like one of the names. Or obviously, on dark, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll check his match out because you know he's pretty decent. Um, and yeah, this is. I mean, early doors is just sanctioned murder, basically, isn't it? Yeah, like there's yeah, there's nothing else to call it. Just. Scripted murder. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the, the big sort of story around his match is like Johnson. Every time Johnson like tries anything on Miro, Miro just like stands there and laughs it off. Like there's a bit in the early on where he's like Johnson's like on his knees, like dying, and he just like punches Miro in the stomach, and Miro just doesn't even flinch. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, he's like, and he's just like, hit me again, come on, like points at his stomach, like hit me again. Constantly, then 
he breaks away from the game over when they first tries to get it in. Miro just laughs and goes, oh, all right, we're carrying on then. <laughs> it slips to the outside. Um... And chops after that, which Miro again just shrug off and yeah, it's like fucking hell. And there he is... hits one, he hits one brutal one after that, and Johnson's on the flare deed. Yeah. The noise that came off it, holy there a, shit! There is a nice spot towards the end of the match where um, he hits like a diving DDT on Miro, and Miro like sort of pops right back up and he's yeah. like, no sells it. But then like a couple of seconds yeah. later, he sort of catches up to him and he sort of like drops to one knee, which I thought was a really nice, a really nice sort of way to sell that move. That was yeah, because nice. he's. He's constantly kicking at him and wearing him down, but you can tell that it's still a little bit groggy on him. Yeah, yeah, like there's a lot of Johnson, like sort of targeting like Mira's legs and like ankles and trying to like trying to like, try and, like make him go to the floor. And then he does; he actually does bring him down at some point with a second with the super kick. Um, and he hits a big frog splash and gets a two. He, so he, he, he Johnson gets two pin attempts. He gets one one count and one two count. Yeah, throughout the entire match. Is this where you're going to come at me and go, oh, if he had a third one, he would have got a free? <laughs> would he? Fuck, mate. He could have had a fucking gun and he wouldn't have beat Miro. Oh. He's... That music gets me every time. Just his music alone gets me every time. I love it. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, Ligo's refinements carry, weirdly, because Miro's like twice his size. <laughs> Miro's yeah. like, fuck nah, slips off the back. Um, gives him the magic kick, or I don't know what he calls it now. Is it, called, is it still called the magic kick, or something else? I think it's called the magic kick. And then he hits, he locks him in game over, and like as soon as he locks game over, and like Johnson is instantly dead. Like the referee checks, and he is, he is just full limp. He's, there's no yeah. life in him at all. Um, and then I love this after the match. So they ring the bell, and like Miro lets go of the hold, and then as like Johnson's just lying motionless on the floor, Miro sort of like hugs him from behind. Like cradles, like cradles his lifeless body, and he's like, he's like tapping him on the side of the face, and he's like, "I forgive you. It's okay. I forgive you." God forgives you. I forgive you. Oh, it's like psychopath Miro just cradling like the broken body of Lee Johnson after he's tapped after he submitted him. It's just everything to me. It's fantastic. The scary man. I never wanted to meet him. <laughs> if, he, if he was at like a, a fan convention, I don't think I would want to meet him. Uh, you're right. I'd rather not. <laughs> Let's go hang out with I don't know Billy Gunn or something. He seems nice. Hey, don't disrespect Billy Gunn like that. He seems nice. I go for a fight with Billy Gray. Um. So yeah, there you go. Um, really fun match. Uh, I mean, I, I really, uh, well, one I think this was Miro's best TNT title defense. Because I can't really think of any bar the Derby match when he won it. Yeah, okay. I really enjoyed it. Um, well, there was the, there was the yeah. Brian Pillman one, there was the Evil Uno one, the Lance Archer one. Uh, yeah, okay, fair. Yeah. I just think the way it's just this sort of like he wrestles like he's got all the cheat codes on, which yeah. makes it really entertaining because like stuff that shouldn't happen in a wrestling match does happen, and that's entertaining. That's different. It's, 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 but it's compelling. Yeah. yeah, but it's just part of his character that he's like a an unstoppable psychopath, and it's like when um it was like it's basically like, remember like when Brock and Goldberg had their match, and it was like, bro, this isn't going to be like technically great, but it's going to be really fun to just watch them throw each other around. It's a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as a, a, a fun, interesting fact, so the TNT title has never been defended outside Daly's place. Oh, 
they mentioned that on and when you think about it, like oh yeah because like it was obviously created during the pandemic and like the it's one show anyway. on any yeah. of the, on like the three shows they've had outside the place they haven't defended it so yeah yeah nice little factoid for you there um we also then get an announcement for rampage speaking of rampage next week uh excalibur taj jericho and mark henry are your commentary team four-man booth that's going to be interesting you, they're not usually bad with four men, but like when Jericho's on, yeah, and yeah, yeah, then Jericho's on with them. Yeah, Excalibur's yeah. really good at holding down like a big lot of like, like sort of controlling the flow of like a lot of people, isn't he? So, and I imagine like Mark Henry isn't going to be interjecting all the time, he's going to be there for like sort of like analytical insights. He's like an analyst, he's like an analyst, isn't he? That's just sort of the role he was sort of hired to, to sort of fulfill. So, that's going to be interesting. Literally, what Big Show does in. Dark Elevation yeah. is his role for Rampage. Um, so then, a little bit more from Uncool Dad, Christine Cage. Yeah. He gets told that he's no one contender for the AW title. He celebrates by singing the Golden Girls theme song, which is weird. Um, basically, he said he's in a good mood and he wants to win championships and he's going to be at Dynamite and Rampage next week. So, Aaron, you get all of the Christine Cage messages. Look at you. Yay! He's going to start <laughs> shit up next week. Let's go. Can't yep. wait. Christian Mania's running wild, mate. Oh, yay. Um, <laughs> um, to be fair, though, if if he does do like good storytelling with the Elite, I'll... it's just the matches themselves are a bit naff. I think he'll have a really good match with Kenny, to be fair. I think it'll be fun. As long as it's a Kenny-style match, yeah. yeah. Not a Christian-style match. Uh, right, so to next up, we have uh, the Bunny versus Layla Hirsch. So this is the match that we sort of had a preview of earlier when the Bunny was interfering in Christine's match and Layla Hirsch came out and interrupted and dragged her off. Um, the winner of this match, it becomes the number one contender for the NWA Women's Championship. So they, they revealed in this match that Serena's injured again. Yeah. So that sucks because she's only just she's only just come back from injury. It's a knee injury again, which sucks because I think that's what who she was last time. So I really do hope yeah. you know that she makes a full and fast recovery and she's back on her feet as soon as possible because she's really good at the wrestling and I want to see her do more of the wrestling. Um, uh, another fan sign. I good. I I think her like it's, here. Here's what. Here's a mailbag one for you. Um, harsh for Team Taz sign. Yeah, there was also another one about like someone saying. People say AW pays Meltzer and Alvarez. Uh, right, you see that okay. one? It was like, yeah, no, I didn't see it. It was like do the reading or something like that. It was, it was, it was, it was too many words on one side, but it was like, yeah, a lot of words. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> cool. Hirsch for theme tiles was was one I was more. I, I can agree more with the sentiment. But interestingly, Leila Hirsch doesn't have theme tiles on her side. She has the best friends out with her to, to counteract the the Hardy yeah. members from out in support of. Um, that was why Christian was singing Golden Girls because they. Why can't we be friends and we can be friends? But they've got the best friends. Was the promo? Yeah. Uh, so a lot, a lot, a lot goes on around this match as well. So while this match is happening, you get a little sort of stare down between Chris Statlander and Nala Rose on the on the outside. I I didn't get anything from it though. I didn't really. I mean, they made a match for next week, so. What? But they were just talking, so I don't understand. Like because there was like an altercation, not an altercation, but like a stare down, like a a, a coming together. 
It wasn't because Nyla was just standing there for a while and then she buggered off eventually. <laughs> I don't know. Like she mean. was just watching the match. They need the something for Statland to do, okay, mate? So they have to book a match. Right, okay. <laughs> Fair. Um, so, yeah, right. This, I think, is the best match the Bunnies had for quite a while. Yeah. I think. And of, I don't remember any other one. Well, yeah, I, I think out of all sure. the people she's wrestled in the last sort of six weeks, I think Layla has the best sort of complimenting style because she's not Layla's not quick she's quite a she's very ground based she's very grappling based she's very she's got a very and deliberate style. she's got a very deliberate style and a very sort of like strong like leading style and I think that really works with how the bunny is as a wrestler when she's trying to keep up with someone who's really quick it all goes to shit but when she's yeah. working back like this I think it's really quite you know quite good she's a shape bag heel wrestler so yeah works. just try to run away all the time and do quick hits I um so I mean got some nice notable spots. Um later her shit's like a nice little superplex. Um lot of like a lot of like sort of takedowns and submission attempts. Uh, Layla's going for a cross arm breaker. Um Layla she goes for a moonsault, which looks lovely, uh, but she misses by about two feet. Yeah. Like to yeah, like, to like, to like the right as well. It's not like she's for short. She like just doesn't aim it right. Yeah. Shame, but... Which is kind of odd, but it looked the form was great. Like she looked lovely, like taken off and, and whatnot. It looked it looked really good. Um, and then so there's like a bit where she's like trying to lock in the cross arm breaker. Bunny's doing the thing where you like you clasp your arms so you can't extend. And but then... she accidentally lets go, so she has to grab again. Yeah, but you know it, it's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, don't, don't worry about that at all. No. Then Bunny hits a Death Valley driver. That's for a two count. She tries the down the rabbit hole. Layla slips out, and. Um, Puts her in arm, puts her back in the arm breaker. Um, Bunny sort of rolls out of it, but Layla sort of carries on, like tenaciously, keeps on with it, and eventually locks her in. And then, well, so I, I, I've talked about this a lot. Like, I really like it when, when someone's trying to, like, when some missions are finishing, like, it's a big thing. I really like it when all of the strugglers are trying to lock it in. Like, yeah. the, the, the one spot, because obviously MMA is a thing now, and we, we've seen how quickly people tap out of submissions in MMA because they really fucking hurt when they're locked in. One thing I really don't like is like that old wrestling trip of someone being in a submission for like five minutes, like crawling all around the ring and everything. And as soon or as the, the, it's the sleeper hold one that always gets me, is well, where they're the, just the, sleeping and it's like the three arms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but here it's all about like Bunny's got that like hand lock like to, to stop the arm getting extended. But then as soon as Layla locks the arm and brings like extends the arm and locks it in, it's an instant tap. Which I really appreciate. I think it really, it really um, bigs up the move as like a dangerous finisher, which I think is yeah, puts cool. emphasis on it. Yeah. And yeah, so there we go. So Layla's going to fight um, Camille, who is the recently crowned NWA Women's Champion. She's at ringside watching the match, and she gets in the ring afterwards. And Jesus Christ, she's about two foot taller than Layla. Yeah, the height difference <laughs> is mad. <laughs> and she's like, I mean, like I said, I was saying to. To like Sarah, because there is a massive height difference. Layla's not tall. I expect I respect that. But like Camille's wearing high heels, Layla's wearing wrestling boots. <laughs> like I but even if you took the heels off, they're still a good there's, there's still over a foot in there, yeah. Yeah, there's still a good <laughs> height difference there, like. <laughs> but it I must mean, be with with all the with all the little bits of like extras they put in, it must be it must be version on like 18 inches, two feet of height difference. Yeah. Yeah. Like um like the top of Layla's head is like chest height. Yeah, hi, it's a bit there, yeah. Hi, that's quite the difference. So um, I don't know I don't know where that match is gonna happen. Um it'll be very 
cool to see because like i say like the high difference is going to build interest because like layla's like this like sort of low center of gravity very technical very grapply very ground-based wrestler and i don't know I don't, i've never seen Camille wrestle but presumably she's going to be like throwing her everywhere and like battering with her partners so if they've given her the nwa women's title there must be something about her yeah she beat Serena so, for the title, so you know she must yeah. she must be all right. Hopefully, she's just a big powerhouse and she just like launch her everywhere. That'd be great. Yeah, so, I'm all for it. Um, I just don't know when it's going to happen. I'd love it. I mean, if it happens on um, uh, an AEW show, brilliant. If not, I'll try and seek it out and watch it maybe. Um, so next up, we had another little quick update from Jay Cargill and Mark Sterling, uh, basically explaining why Jade hasn't been wrestling. Did I think there's rumors that she might have got injured or? Oh, I didn't hear any rumours about her. I don't know. Um, but anyway, she's wrestling on Elevation next week. I basically talk. It's a really fun program. They just talk about like how they've been like building the brand and all this. And it's I really like Portfolio. them together. They've got a, they've got a really good chemistry, and I really I really like them as a as a sort of team. I think they, they work really well with each other. Yeah, um, they're that confident. They've got to big up their own portfolio. Yeah. So they're not actually that confident, but it's okay. <laughs> and um, she she's that bitch also. She is that bitch. Hashtag she's that, that bitch. bitch. Remember to use code that bitch for ten percent off. Yep. Hashtag she's that bitch. Fuck Jade Brand. Hashtag Jade Brand. Hashtag she's that bitch. There you go. A lot of synergy, mate. Corporate, you know, social uh, media synergy, everything. Uh, right. Time to go on to this main event. Heaven versus hell, but Heaven the opposite hell. way around. But <laughs> heaven's the bad guy. Heaven is the bad guy, yes. <laughs> um, so obviously we are on to the debut of Malachi Black, in-ring debut versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, Malachi Black's up first. and Which is wrong in my opinion. Imagine Cody was standing in that ring when that was happening. Mm, that would be Just cool. Have... Yeah, but then Cody going up second, mate. Go on. I... Yeah, true. But, again, but at the same time, I also, I, yeah, but at the same time, I also liked the way they did it with like Malachi just sitting there motionless, just watching him like come up the ramp. Yeah, like even when he was on the turnbuckle, it was weird to see just black sitting there, like it, it looked like he literally had a hand for the Eckies like half an hour ago, and he's just <laughs> staring at the space, just threatening boys. <laughs> but I mean, what, what an entrance for Malachi, like Jesus Christ! Yeah, well done. The fact that you miss half of it and it's still that good because <laughs> it's just dark. <laughs> but like, it's really cool. So he comes out with like his big spoopy hood over his face, and like he's got like a mask on. And you can see like spikes, and like like antlers sort of coming out of his, his hood, and like, yeah. like wood, like wooden antlers. And then, like you say, the lights sort of go off, and then they come back on, and he's like on the turnbuckle. Yeah. And then they go off again, and they come back on, and he's in the ring. It's pretty cool. I mean, I really, I really did enjoy it. It was very, it was very thematic. It was very, uh, and the music was Le- great as well. Less is more. Yeah, Less like more. that instantly makes him seem like a massive deal. Yeah. And if the entrance didn't make you seem like a massive deal, well, <laughs> well, first of all, we're going to talk, talk very briefly about Cody's entrance. So he comes out with Dustin, and he's got his Homelander gear on. Boo. So he's going full Merka. Uh, multiple booze, like there's quite quite a percentage of booze. I mean, this uh, this is so cool because this plays into like the promo that Alistair cut. Uh, the, sorry, that Malachi cut. I'm going to call him Alistair probably a lot. Uh, I do apologize. Uh, the, the promo that like uh, Malachi cut was basically like, these fans don't care about you. They just want to see violence, and they'll cheer for me if I give it to them. 
Yeah. And like, and it's like, yeah. oh, they're the going to cheer for you, mate, because you're Malachi Black and everyone loves you. And even if you're a heel, but you do you do spooky kicks, and it's it's great. So, um, but that's yeah, how they explain speaks. it. Speaking of people the fans don't love, uh, we get an update on QT Marshall not wanting to apologise to Tony Schiavone for the second week in a row. I mean, just throw it in the main event. Just, you know? just, kick, just, kick this, just kick this down the can and thought, just kick this can down the road until everyone forgets about it like the Nightmare for Collective. Yeah, just, 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 just don't speak of it. It's fine. <laughs> no, no one's going to be like, no one's going to be finishing Dynamite with that ending tonight and be like, but hang on, they never talked about QT Marshall's apology for Tony Schiavone. Oh no, I really <laughs> wanted to see QT apologise to Tony Schiavone. Oh no. <laughs> no one's making that call. They'll get it on Twitter. And be like, <laughs> Excuse me, Tony Khan. Uh, although I did enjoy the, the, the main event between Cody and Malachi, we did not in fact get the resolution to QT Marshall apologising <laughs> to Tony. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Um, anyway, yeah, so you were saying about the match, Aaron? Eh, I, what was that? I, I was just more of that comment than anything. You were saying about if the entrance didn't like make Malachi seem like a big deal. Oh yeah, sorry. I um, the well, you know how we always joke about Cody being Cody and like, oh, he always needs a crowd. To be fair, a lot of the crowd turned on to his side when he was getting fucking. I mean, his ass handed let's, to him. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. Cody got his. He got his, yeah. He it got, was very Bro- Brody Lee versus Cody vibes. I mean, I don't think, in it, my it, opinion, it was, but, but, but in a different way. No, so, in a different way, but it was just a beating. So, like, the Brody one was literally because Brody was too strong and everything Cody threw at him just literally bounced off him, and then Brody just literally launched him into space. Whereas this was more a case of Malachi was just better than him. Yeah, Cody didn't know what to do. Every time, no. he, every time he tried something, he just got counted. Like he just Malachi was just like no. Like you tried to put him in the crossroads, and Malachi just need him in the face. <laughs> Cody had nothing. No, like offensive. Like he puts him in the figure four. Mal- he tries to put him in the figure four. Malachi just gags his eyes. He tries to hit him in the crossroads. He literally just knees him in the face. He gets up on the top rope yeah. to do something. He just literally kicks him in the side of the head and makes him go flying through a table. Um. <laughs> it's mad. Like. As I say, like whilst all this is happening, the fans are progressively getting cheerier and cheerier for Cody. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's a there's, few, a there's a few people that do boo Malachi Black. There's a, there's, the a, there's, there's there's what you'd call a dueling chant at the start of this match. You know, like a Cody Malachi chant. It is say seventy five percent Malachi at the start of the match. Yeah, something about that. Yeah, but something about Cody is like I mean, we we, we take the piss out of Cody, but he is like he is wrestling Jesus. You want to see him get his ass whipped. And like there's something about watching a watching a you know a blonde haired white boy getting his ass beat in the ring that as as a as a fellow white guy makes you want to cheer for him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> uh, and it does it, and it, and it, it's, you know it's you, you joke about it, but it is it, it does it does work, it does get you, and it works in live crowds as well. Like nothing 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 an AW families likes more than seeing Cody getting his ass beat. Simply. Yeah, uh, if we were there, we would have went, holy fucking oh your bastard and yeah, totally invested in this. So, yeah, he, he sucks you in. Um, we'll talk a bit about, about Cody after the after we sort of run down the rest of the match and like sort of how he's what what all that this all means. Um, so basically, yeah. So Cody gets flung through a table on the outside, and he just beats the counter to get back in, and he is literally he's on Fucked. he's on Dream Street. He's staggering around. He looks like he looks he's like got he's, a gammy leg. Yeah, he looks like he's looking for a taxi at the end of a long night. <laughs> <laughs> and Malachi is literally just stood there like measuring him just like looking at him 
And as soon as he turns around, he just black masses his face off. He literally hits him on the chin. Yeah. Like, right on the point of his chin and absolutely sends him. Like, Cody sells it like he's been shot in the face. Fair play to him. That's how you should be doing it, yeah. And then um, Malachi literally puts a foot on his chest. Is it even a whole foot? I think it's just like his big toe. <laughs> he literally puts like he literally just rests his foot on his chest and, yeah. and, and gets the one, two, three. So like we had against Brody, we had like Brody didn't hook the leg for the three counts. Yeah. But this is like even worse than that. Malachi literally just doesn't even he doesn't even bend his knees. He doesn't even get on the floor to pin him. He just stands on him. And that's it. And Cody is just like Cody looks like a corpse. He look he's just he doesn't even think he's breathing that heavily. He's just stock still. Right, and then even commentary and that are like, yeah, um, I don't think he's even aware of what just happened. Yeah. Uh, fair. <laughs> uh yeah, so that was I mean it was a sick it was six minutes of mostly just Malachi kicking Cody really hard. And going for his leg. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It works. Well done. <laughs> yeah, there was a really cool bit, like, bit earlier in the match where like Malachi just picked his leg and put him in a single leg boss. He literally just went right, went down because he's he's got this like MMA background, hasn't he? Like this sort of like um like mixed martial arts training, and he literally just goes down, picks his ankle, pulls up, and puts him in a single leg busting grab, which was really awesome. Yeah. He looked yeah, like dude. an. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm an absolute mark for Black, but he looked like a megastar in this match. No, he, he genuinely did. Yeah, I'm I, I'm all in agreement with you about it. Definitely. Uh, so then, yeah, he just wanders off. He, he sort of like, he sort of like, just he's, he's he's like got that sort of like weird, like sort of cult leadery smile on his face after the match. Sadistic, yeah. You know, and, and he just kind of like swaggers off down the ramp, like you know, just with his arms out. Just sort of like, I told you this is what was going to happen because like a lot of this yeah. match was like he wants Cody to go away and like spend time with his family and like be out. Um, he's it, like the, the promo was really cool. He's like, I want you to be okay, Cody. Your pasture prime. Yeah, I want you to go while you can and, and enjoy your time with your family. <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, okay. He's basically saying, like, I want you to retire so that I don't kill you. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, so then, like, and they, they really sell as well. So, like, Cody's sort of like conked. And after, like, the, after, like, the pinfall, the referee is like waving his hand in Cody's face to, like, see if he's alive. And he's yeah. just not moving. There's, there's no, there's no eye movement. There's nothing. He's just spark out, and then like Doc Samson gets in the ring, and he's sort of like you know, checking on him. And then the next person, obviously, the next local step is for Tony to get in the ring with a live mic. Of course, live mic interview him right now after he's just came from being unconscious. Well, I really like this because so his promo that he cuts is like it's like really like sort of broken up, meandering. It's like if you ever watch um, MMA. And like the interview people who've just had the shit wrapped in MMA, and like they're, they're all over shattered the place. and they're, and just they're, they're all over the place now, and they can't think properly, yeah. and like they, they can't connect sentences, and like they don't know what the like they're, they're just sort of like staggering, like stream of consciousness. And that's the way Cody cuts his promo, and it's it really sells the fact that he's just like been like absolutely done in. Yeah, I mean, he was crying during the match with his head on the bottom rope. Yeah, like, <laughs> it works again. It's Cody. Baby face, fucking Cody. It works. So, so Cody cuts this big promo about like how 
um, how like he started out as a referee like 15 years ago, and he, it's basically like, he's doing like a career retrospective, and he's saying like his his goal was like he wanted to win his dad's belt, which he did. You know, he beat Nicholas for it a few years back, yeah. and he said now that he's a bit older, his goals have changed, and he told, he sort of hints about like you know how because your father might have changed his priorities and and sort of stuff like that, and he basically makes it sound like he's he's about to retire. He sort of talks about like this is there's no there's no other there's no real better time than here, no better place than here, and he starts yeah. to take his boots off. Um, which obviously uh, Jr. Again, you know, this is this is this is one of those it's really good to have someone like Jr. on commentary because he he can like add that like weight of history. Like, oh, this is like a time on tradition. Like, you know, you put your boots in the ring when you're done. You leave your boots in the ring. That's like the thing you do. Yeah. So he, t- he takes his boots off, and as he's like about to take the second one off, like Malachi just runs back in, picks up the crutch that they've given Cody to like help him out, and just wallops him with it. And when that happens, right? There's instant tiny little cuts and massive welts on his back. Yeah. Like you instantly see like little spots of blood coming out his back. So it must have been a good fucking hit. I mean, and, and <laughs> fair, fair play to Cody. He probably just said to, 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 to Malachi to tell me, oh, hit, feel blast, just, just hit, hit me as hard as you can. Yeah. Like, just swing for the fences. Like it's fine. And there was a fair like well on his whole back at yeah. the end of it. You see, you've seen it come out his back. <laughs> yeah, so as, as Cody like falls to the mat, Malachi just picks up his boot, and, like he sort of like looks at it and then looks down at Cody and then it looks back at the boot and then like that's it. It because finish on, on Malachi's. Yeah, we, we don't know what that signals, but okay, no. cool. Oh, it's it's good, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say something not controversial because I think it's a fairly widely held opinion on the internet, but something that's controversial within a circle of this podcast. I right. think I think this moment was worth all the times Cody's gone over. Hmm. I think this nah. is worth him. I think this is worth him beating a Gogo. I think this is worth him like beating Sean Spears. I think this is worth him beating, you know, QT Marshall up. If he if he jobs out to fucking a Gogo and Marshall and Spears, then this doesn't have half the impact that it has when it happens to uh, last well, night. for black. Yeah. Um, I, I I get where you're coming from, but he, he, Cody always wins a rivalry. The rivalry is not over, <laughs> Oh no, and he will. Oh, you're, you're going to eat your words. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'm totally fine with it. Because you built him now. Like he's there. He's, he's, he's. You put him in that tier. Like you put him on that level. Like Brody. I mean, it, it, we'll never know because Brody never wrestled again after Cody beat him. So we'll True. never know. We'll never know if the rub was going to stick with Brody, and I think it would have. Dar- Darby got a head rub for a while. Eh? Yeah, yeah, he, he's still up there to be honest, Darby. So. Yeah, he made Darby. Yeah. He made Darby a legit main eventer. He made, yeah. you know, he. he I, I honestly believe that Brody would have stayed at that level. Oh, he'd be up. He'd be the one like headliner in the dark order. Yeah, yeah. So I have no, yeah. I, I have no, I have no shadow of doubt that it'll stick on black as well, and it's it's worth it. Like you only get to you only get to put someone into their first position in the company once. And you can move up and down, yes, but where you land first, that's that's significant. Yeah. And it had such impact. Like with respect to Antonio Gogo, he's not ready to beat Cody. No, I think it was more of national pride for us, to be honest, was that one. That's what that one I was. think this was Jay getting a bit carried away because the football was coming up and he was getting a bit patriotic. Yeah, national pride and all that. Yeah. But if you if you have Antonio Gogo beat Cody, then you don't get this moment with Black. Yeah, true. 
With respect to Antigogo, because I love Antigogo. I mean, Blank could have kicked Christian's head off. I would have enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, but it wouldn't have had half the impact. Like Cody taking a paste and and to, and to be fair to Cody, he will, he has no problem doing the job. He'll look at the lights. Yeah, the headliners. Yeah, yeah. When it makes sense, when it makes sense, because he knows that his greatest his greatest asset is his rub that he can give to other people. Well, he can't go for a world title, can he? So... But, yeah, but but if he gives it to everybody, then he's got nothing left to give to anybody. Yeah, true. Okay, fair. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's so, what Cody's good for. Yeah, and so big. And you've got to remember, we I said we said this like remember when we all loved Cody like a year ago, and like um, we were saying like Cody is AW's beaten heart. You know, for better or for worse, he is like the heartbeat of AW. He is the, the conscience of AW. You know, he is it. It's born out of like his passion for wrestling, basically. Yeah, he even mentioned that in this promo. Yeah. So. So yeah, um, no, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I can't, I can't do anything but give Cody enormous respect for for what happened on this episode of Dynamite. Well, I hope people come after you, Tasty, for what you said on this podcast. <laughs> Fight me. Come in my DMs. So, so I can just laugh. <laughs> At top rope Ben on Twitter. Fucking bring it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that is the whole episode. Um, we'll go ups and downs, and I think we've got some questions as well from the Discord, so we'll do ups and downs real quick. Or well, highs and lows, can't go ups and downs, so I'm going to go and bath me, money. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my high, well, my low, high, high low. I think, my I, think, low's... I think we're probably going to have the same both ways, ain't it? Uh, well, the low's got to be that um, Christian versus Blade match. Yep. Compared to the rest of the card. Again, I, I say this all the time. It's not because it was bad. It's just because it was... It, it was all right. It, it just stuck out as like an average match on a really good show. Yeah. So. Right, so we're both the same on that. Uh, my high... Oh, oh! I think it has to be that main event. It was just such a... It was such yeah. an event. It was. I mean, it was just such an event, wasn't it? It was like, well, this is... I didn't watch it live, and the fact that there was only, what, 12 minutes left when Malachi Black was coming out, and then there was an advert. A lot happened in those 12 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> true that. Um, yeah, I'm totally with you on. Um, that, that, that main event was, it was a statement for, yeah. for Malachi as a character, and for the direction of, and, and, to, and Cody even said in like his own promo afterwards, he said, you know, it's time for some fresh faces. Black and someone else were going to be like headliner main events for them. He said, I can't remember who the other name was. Yeah. Um, but, maybe, yeah. maybe, and you know, with, with all the, 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 the swirling rumors, it's time to, uh, it's time to refresh and reset and let's have. It's clobbered time. It's going to be mad. <laughs> it's going to be mad, isn't it? When we could potentially have. CM Punk versus Brian Danielson, oh. but it's but it's going to happen in an AEW no, ring. Not not in that other company. Yeah, it's going to happen in an AEW ring if it happens. Oh, it's mad. <laughs> right, so we're, so that was ups and downs. I was highs and lows. We're in full agreement there, which is lovely. Right, I'll just I'll just ping us over some quick questions because um, we've got a few. We've got quite a few actually. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay. Um, 
So, so first one from Nat, is Cody retiring or is it a bit? Well, he's just had a kid in that. Is he really going to retire? Even so, if he does, he's going to be backstage producing, isn't he? He did say, didn't he, that he he didn't want to wrestle like too late into his career. He wanted to have a yeah. short career, and like I don't think he's done. I think I think he's definitely gone away for a bit because he's doing Go Big Show, and he's got his new baby. Yeah, like he's always going to be there, being a executive. Yeah, no matter what. So even if he does retire, he could still show up period sporadically is the word I'm looking for there you go I think it's a bit only because I don't think if it was a real retirement they wouldn't have had Black interrupt it true yeah hi yeah okay and another question from Nath again uh, who's next for the TNT belt who's the actual challenger that could feasibly beat me. I, I just think who is I think the what, next person to go for what, the title. <laughs> well, no, I think what I think what Mira really needs now is he needs he needs like I think he needs an actual feud. Yeah, because he's had these uh, like open challenges, doesn't he? And and his little promo here was like before. Did, did you see um, on um, on Road to I think he was we got a promo and said like he said basically I'm the TNT champion. There used to be all these open challenges. Ever since I became the champion, all these challenges have dried up. Because no one, yeah, no, no one's, no one wants to come talk to the redeemer. Yeah, um, I, I think I would go for either Orange Cassidy or Jungle Boy. So they, they're the two that you would probably pick from the company. Yeah, I think Cassidy's a real show. Yeah. I think Cassidy's a guy who, because the way he sort of wrestles and he's like sort of trickiness, he and Jungle Boy as well to an extent, but I think more so Cassidy. You could sort of play him off, and like Mira might have to cheat to win, and that could extend a feud into a few matches. Maybe you can yeah. do it a few times. Uh, if I'm fantasy booking it, and if I've got total control, I put Danielson straight in here when he comes in. I mean, he can take the loss. Yeah, I, I. I and don't you, see a problem with you that let, you, at let, all. You, you let them have like three matches on like a series of big shows. At least 20 minutes each. Yeah. Because <laughs> Mira's already beaten once in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so all I, for I, it. I, I would like a bit of that, please, if, if, if anything's on the table. It gives Brian something to do. And if Mira's got no challengers coming hot with Brian Danielson, just be a like a. Open, open invitational thing in my bobber. Open challenge. There we go. There you go. Um, so then, Faye has asked. Um, it's like a more, more fun question. What is your favourite elite fashion choice so far? My elite fashion choice. Your favourite. Your uh, favourite that they've had. I mean, I was always partial to just Nick Jackson, just with his full-on beard. Ever since he grown it, <laughs> he just was like a completely different guy. It's weird. I didn't even know he could grow a beard. I've got it. I've got to give a shout out. I've got to give a shout out to the danglies. The danglies. What? This the the normal ones or the Nick Jackson ones that go <laughs> from the ear to the fucking? Is it his hat? Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I think my absolute favorite thing they've come out was when um when they had the street fight and the books came out dressed as like dirtbag backyard wrestlers. Yeah. It worked. That it was, was really so good. that, that yeah. was really good fun. Uh, yeah. Um okay, we've got another one from someone called James J. Luft. Don't, don't oh, know who he is. Oh, oh, it sounds like a cunt. Uh, on a scale of one to Vince, how self aware is Cody? 
How what? Where is Cody? How self-aware is Cody on a scale of one to Vince? I don't. Hang on. Is he saying that Vince is the most self-aware? I don't think. I don't. I don't quite understand the question. Basically, I. So we, I think we answered this a bit in the podcast already. Um, I think Cody is. I think Cody knows more about his character than we give him credit for. I think. Yes. I, I think he is clever with his character than we give him credit for, and I think. I think he's more. He's, he's more on the pulse about how fans feel about his character than we give him credit for. And he's more in date. Yeah. I mean, in I do think he likes a little bit of the rah rah America, like that. I've got a pa- patriotism. So does every American yeah. taste it? It's just that we're not American. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> so I can never, I can never fully understand that because I just no. I wasn't brought up with that, you know, and it, it's just not for me, and I can accept that, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then. Oh, and uh, a great question from Faye. How do you feel Fuego and the potential addition of Adam Cole will shape the paranormal division of AW and will they make a ghost slash undead build? Because obviously Adam Cole was murdered on BTE. Yeah. Um, and Fuego was killed last week by Malachi Black. Fucking hell. He was killed, I think he was killed on Sammy's blog as well, actually. So they've they've done a bit of murder. I mean, I think it will certainly add so a bit of... a pole match, baby. It will, it, will it will certainly add a bit of spice to BTE. I mean, I want to see... I'd love it if like they spun off the the Ryan Nemeth stuff into like actual ghosts appearing because he's 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 going a bit like avant garde, isn't he? And like a bit weird. Yeah, I'm all for um, it. I think they could have some fun there. Um, and then you've got Malachi, and, as as Mister Luff says, you've got Malachi and Darby, as spooky spooky boys as well. So there's there's yeah. plenty of. I mean, BTA must be the, the the funnest thing in the world to make. It is yeah, it must be like even though it doesn't cost anything, like just to like go. Right, we need you to do a skit and then you go, can I do anything? Yeah. As long as it makes sense. What do you, what do you, what do you, want, what do you want to do, Ryan? I want to do like, I want to do like American Psycho, but with cream. <laughs> yeah, well, that works. Let's go. Shoot it. Send it to us. <laughs> yeah. Shoot it on your phone. Email it over. We'll bang it in. Don't worry. Brand it alert. <laughs> and uh, on that creamy note, uh, as, as, as the cream rises to the top, we so do we. Um, always, always to the top. Uh, that okay. is going to do it for the questions and indeed for our podcast. So this, as uh, as I don't know if we discussed on the podcast or whether we talked about it before we started, this might well be our very last ever Thursday recorded podcast. Uh, as you're doubtless aware, as an AEW super fan, if you're listening to this, uh, AEW Rampage will be debuting next week, and we will be presumably shifting our recording to over the weekend. We're going to do both shows in. One podcast. In one so I yeah. hope you've got some long train journeys ahead of you to listen to them. <laughs> we go long on one show, let alone stick another hour in the mix, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so it's going to oh. be it's going to try and be more of like an all encompassing um, AEW show, and maybe we'll if if if, we, if we're struggling for things to talk about, which we always are, clearly, um, we'll throw a bit of BT discussion in there as well. Yeah, um, we'll try streamline the two shows a bit more. But... Yeah, maybe, maybe just like <laughs> probably just like, not. Yeah, I mean, but they just need to make it less good so we've got less to talk about and that'll be easy. Exactly, just, just be shit, AEW. Come on, <laughs> play the game. Yeah, exactly. Right, so that's it for us. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next weekend, presumably, for a super double show AEW Dynamite and Rampage. So have a look forward to that. Uh, have fun with all your wrestling content that you have lined up for you this week. Uh, we've so this, as we said earlier, just to sort of Jerry Springer final thoughts. Um, we're doing that now. Um, 
I'm going into business myself here. Um, yeah, this, this, this was very much like a, a sort of laying the foundations for the next few weeks sort of show, and it looks like, for, for all intents and purposes, it looks like we're in for a, a hell of a ride as AEW rips through Chicago and Pittsburgh. So we'll see. Um, mm. We'll see um, what happens in the next few weeks. Together, yeah. get what I did there. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 you, I got you, that. You punk. <laughs> CM Punk. Um, <laughs> right, I'm, I'm Cookie Monster. <laughs> Cookie Monster Punk. Right, I'm killing it. See you later, Aaron. Do you stupid German? Uh, when Dan Spivey lost matches by submission, it wasn't because he tapped out, it's because he was wailing mercy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, only, I only barely get that. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to stick your cancer charities. <laughs> 